Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are live with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 215, live on Facebook and Twitch. It's KB, Matt, coming at you live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall. Guys, I got to tell you again, because this deal is just too good to pass up. Bob Novick, our friends, they have gone above and beyond with what the, uh, you know, typical auto dealer would be doing. Uh, From now until April 30th, you can go in there for their spring special, buy one, get one free oil changes. That includes a free tire rotation, complimentary alignment check and multi-point inspection, the alignment special $59.95, the tire balance special $29.95 plus weights. You can't top that. You can't beat it. Go see our friends at Bob Novick Auto Mall. Uh, They are located on 808 North Pearl Street in Bridgeton, New Jersey. You can call for an appointment at 856-451-0095, or you can check them out online, bobnovickgm.com. Let them know Underground Sports Philadelphia sent you. And like I said, that runs until April 30th, right into the spring months. Get ready for that nice weather. Get your car all fixed up. Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC. If you haven't done your taxes yet, go see our man, Mark Ronchetti. He's the best in the business. And, of course, our friends at the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland and powered by Design Tree. Matt, we had one hell of a day with our merch yesterday. Uh, Obviously, it being the one-year anniversary of Bryce signing. Uh, Our Bryce Harper headband shirts were a hot commodity yesterday. And you can go to Design Tree, our storefront, dsgentry.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. You can get all of our merch that's in our storefront. And at checkout, use the promo code SPRING20 and get 20% off your entire order. It's it's too easy. It's too simple. Rock your favorite pod merch and uh, help support what we're doing here. But it's another Sixer Saturday, Matt. How's it going? Uh, I'm living the dream, not in regards to the Sixers. Not feels, whatsoever. Uh, more nightmare-like. It is horrendous uh on wednesday we said it should have been a win against the Cavs, and of course the sixers do what the sixers do best and they lose on the road to the Cavs. yeah and you you could add a qualifier of well it's because Embiid uh, left the game uh they got smoked in the first quarter with Embiid out there so <laughs> not sure that that's even a, a a good qualifier here um yeah, I mean, obviously the most worrying part was Embiid leaving the game, mm-hmm. and now he has some kind of uh, shoulder injury that is going to keep him out for an unknown amount of time, really. Um, obviously taking care of the Knicks with, without Embiid, but that was at home, so of course they of course they're going to win. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, you really can't sum it up uh, this sixer season any better than losing to the Cavs on the road like that because uh, that's just exactly what this team has been 
Um, and then they, they go and, and play the Knicks with, without Embiid, without Ben. And it's a very comfortable win. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, nothing about it does. You know, the Cavaliers are one of the worst teams in the league. Should be taking care of them every single time, no matter where you're playing them at. But if this team is on the road, um, they just can't win. Just and, chalk and, it up. And, you know, it's... There needs to be some like more real answer. Like I love Brett Brown, and he can be candid at times. He's certainly mm-hmm. not a coach that's like afraid to say what's on his mind. But I'm like kind of sick of the the C pluses and the D minuses about the road performances because um, we have a tremendous road losing streak right now. And I would like to just start him saying, "Yeah, they sucked on every single." I I forget what game it was a few weeks ago, maybe even a few months ago at this point. But he said. You know, I'm not even going to entertain the fact that they came back and made it competitive because it was absolutely terrible. I want to see more of that because yeah. I think this team just needs to be um, yelled at a little bit. I think there needs to be some emotional battery within the locker room because, um, or maybe there's already too much because Glenn Robinson III apparently is super upset because he's been here for a week and a half. He thinks and, it's 2015 all over again. And his his role is not what he uh, wanted it to be. Maybe if he didn't get dysentery on his week-long Oregon Trail settling uh, trip here, you know, he could actually get more minutes. I It's just this team right now is um, in a very weird state. And I, I, I just want Brett to come out and just say, yeah, you know what, I'm pissed at everyone on this team for, for not giving up. Because to me it's – and I know it's cliche to say this, but to me, it comes down to a lot of effort, you know, and there's no other reason for the disparity between the home and road performances than that and, and some preparedness. And I think everyone deserves blame, but I, I, I'd i like these players to stop going to the media and talking about how unhappy they are with uh, their playing time and understand that the fans are really pissed that we could be having a much better season if they just got their shit together on the road. <laughs> Pretty much. It's <laughs> you know? not, it, like, like it's... you think it's bad for you. Uh, we're we're going to get our season tickets raised again. And, um, you know, just to just to know that, yeah, we'll cheer for you at home. But uh, as soon as you get on a plane or a train, uh, it's it's curtains for this team. It's it's a, a real mystery right now. It's it's beyond ridiculous. And like you said, Glenn Robinson, the third coming out, voicing his frustrations when he's been here for, you know, a, a week, if pretty much because it took him a week to get here. Um, like, I don't know what he expected. You know, Glenn, you kind of need to listen to the podcast because we said, you're coming off the bench. You're not going to get the excessive minutes you were getting on a bad Golden State team. You're here to be a rotation player. Like, I don't know what he expected. He's, he's started games here. Yeah. Like, it's not as if he's, like, he's not Trey Burke. Maybe make a three-pointer <laughs> like you were advertised to do and, and then come talk a little bit. But, it's, you know, you have the third in your name. Like, yeah. make a three and then maybe voice some opinions. Very, very apt observation there. No, it's, it is, it's just frustrating, you know, and... um. It was so telegraphed too that uh, how you know well he was shooting the three ball in Golden State that that was going to evaporate as soon as he got to Philly. Um, yeah, I, I don't get really his frustration because he started games. He's certainly not someone that's like been shunned to the bench. Um, there's like guys that uh, that have signed longer term deals here that have signed like bigger mm-hmm. money deals here that are getting less minutes that have been uh, pushed aside to to give him that time. Um, Sixers gave up like decent draft capital to get. I mean, the second round picks aren't like anything special, but you know they they went out and got you. Like they they identified you as someone they needed. Um, so I don't I don't know what the fuss is about, and it's uh, it's it's a little annoying. But you know the Sixers team they're they're so hot and cold on us, and it is like it's 
it's really becoming a abusive relationship that I have with the Sixers <laughs> because honestly, it's been a chore to watch them for a large part of the mm-hmm. season. Um, and I, I think we'll get into this too, just with how great the Flyers have been. Yes. Uh, especially like the, that Rangers game was like so much fun to watch. And it has been a complete 180 in my mind on which team I'd rather be spending my nights watching um, because the Sixers are just, they are arduous. Like it is just, it, man, like it, it just takes like, takes a lot out of you especially when you watch road games <laughs> especially when well like Derek Bodner said just watch the home games uh because it'll be much easier on your life but like it, it's it's getting to the point where it's just ridiculous at this point with how bad they are on the road like it's absurd actually like it's just it's, it's stupid you know the only other team there there are no teams that are in the playoffs right now that have less than double digit wins except for the Sixers. They are on pace to have the worst home road winning percentage splits in NBA history. We talked about this a few weeks ago uh, when we were previewing post All-Star break and I said, "Yeah, they might win two or three road games after the All-Star break." I said that like tongue in cheek. It's actually like they might actually I'd there. be happy if we won two more road games for the rest of the year. It's just um we've been stuck on nine road wins for uh, they have not won a road game since the end of January. It's, uh, it is now February 29th. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's on a normal year, this would be March. Right. <laughs> we would be another month removed. It's um, They have the same, essentially the same road record as the dumpster fire New York Knicks. The Knicks are 9-22, and the Sixers are 9-21 and on the road. Like, I mean, we'll be nine and twenty-two in short time. Don't pretty worry. much, we'll, you know, we'll four straight road games. They'll be they'll be nine and twenty-five before we know it. Um, you know, they have similar road records to the the lottery teams in the East, and then at home they have the best home record. It just does not make sense. It re- like it really just does not make like sense. it should not be able to happen like that. No. Like I don't know what goes on when they get on that plane or when they get on a bus to go to. A, a road game it's just something has to be happening like it, it's you can't explain it and and we've said this before it's not like our home support this year has been like some unbelievable cacophony of yeah. like noise and excitement it's not like you know this team is like you know you could say like two or three years ago when this team was kind of upticking and like definitely the crowd is getting into it is very energetic now it's like you know it's a normal nba crowd like there's really i'm sorry there's really not anything special about the atmosphere at the wells fargo center that makes you think no. like wow walking into here is like walking into a coliseum like certainly for like playoff atmospheres and big games i i think philly can absolutely bring that kind of energy but like on a random like February 3rd on a Wednesday night. Like, it's not like you're walking into the Roman Coliseum no. when, you, when you go to the West Point. Like, it's a, a, it's a, I don't know. It's like a, a pretty typical road game for most teams, I'd imagine. It's not anything insane. It's packed. You know, it's always a sellout, you know, which I'm sure helps. And, and again, yeah, there's there's certain crowd engagement, sure. But I just. Christian I, Crosby is not changing much. No. We no. love you, Christian, but you're not, you know, the end all be all. I don't all. think the flight squad is changing no. things. I don't think, you know, the, the, the drum line stick, is really stickers. getting into people's verve here and, and making making you know, the Wells Fargo such a fervor. You know, is, is Franklin that fast that he's injecting adrenaline into everybody before a home game? Like Maybe so. I don't know. Maybe bring him on the road. I, Do you need Christian and, and the, you know, t shirt cannons to travel with you on the road to, to make it feel, you know, that much more comfortable because you look at this Cavs game, Matt, and the just 
I'm disgusted looking at the the box score overall, just the final stats from everyone. Like Josh Richardson has not been the same since his most recent hip injury. Uh, nine points in 32 minutes for Jay Rich, and you know how much of Jay Rich fans we both are. Yep. We both love Josh. Um, Al Horford. I'm I'm I was done before. I'm even more done now. Like. Embiid's not even playing, and you put up 10 points in 34 minutes. 10-5-5 from your $109 million man. Tobias Harris, 11 points in 36 minutes. You had a good night against the Knicks. Yeah. Give him that, at least. Tobias is, like, the outlier of, like, where we can't really be mad because he's he's been, like you've said on, on shows before, like, he's had a really good season for what it's worth. He's and, been healthy, and he's been pretty consistent. Yeah. That's better than anyone else can say on this team. But for, for Josh to only have nine <laughs> points in 32 minutes, and for A.H., as I'll call him because I can't even speak his name, ten points in 34 minutes is just inexcusable, especially with Embiid only playing eight minutes because of that injury. And it's against the Cavs. <laughs> this team sucks. They have imploded. Their coach left. It's, he couldn't handle it. Well... There was more to the story than just that, yeah. But um, this team sucks. Like this, this team sucks. Kylo Quinn no had more energy presence. than Al Horford. It's um, Kylo Quinn hasn't played in, in. He was trapped in Azkaban. Yeah, I think he's here solely as a Chick Fil A rep. I think <laughs> I think that's his only occupation now. Um, I don't know. I, I I as the the weeks have gone on, I've been less and less enthused about this Sixers team. Um, you know, I don't think anyone was wild about the offseason. We kind of made our peace with it, but it's not panned out the way we wanted to. I mean, you kind of have to just keep hope for the playoffs, but it's uh, it's tough. It's frankly, tough to do uh, when like the road the road woes have just not gone away at all. And I, you could actually make the case they've just gotten worse. Yeah. You know, you could say back in like December, a lot of those road losses, you know, bad luck. There were close games in until the end, and now it's like you're. You're going into fourth quarters like the last five minutes of them, and you're you're like putting in the subs because you're just constantly just getting absolutely busted in the second half of road games. I just I I don't know what the fix is. I don't know. I don't even know what the problem is. Um, I'm not sure if it's a Brett thing. Uh, he's gonna get blame, and frankly, I I've supported Brett mm-hmm. through thick and thin. I've been probably uh, maybe at times too uh, too too boisterous in my opinion that Brett is a good coach and he deserves time and he's had to deal with a lot um his inability to get this team to play at a at a 500 level we're not asking I'm I would take a 400 winning percentage Mm -hmm. right now I would take 380 at this point like like yeah I I I would take a hall of fame batting average right now on the road (laughs) like just give me just give me something man and um you know Elton Brand I, we've been critical of him, and I, I was confused when we even signed him. I just think there's um, there's a disease within this organization right now. Mm-hmm. and It starts in that front and, office. I mean, you're really starting to see some cracks form because, you know, we, we kind of joke about this Glenn Robinson the third thing, but this is not the first time this season. Right. And, and you, even if you go back to last year with the Jimmy Butler thing, which you could paper over and say it's Jimmy Butler. You know, he's always had issues mm-hmm. with his time and his role or whatever. You know, but... Glenn Robinson III was not the first person to come out this season and voice some uh, concerns or some issues about not only his playing time and his role, but mm-hmm. also about uh, the, the locker room and that. Uh, like, 
Josh Trey, Richardson himself said it. You had Horford say it. Trey Burke's dad was pissed. Kylo <laughs> Quinn was posting, you know, freaking the the Da Vinci Code on Instagram. You know, you've had uh, even Embiid, like at times this year, yeah. was like in this weird kind of funk. Like there, there's been there's more going on behind the scenes than I think we're really understanding. Which again yeah. is, I, I think, a, a negative for Brett Brown. And this mm-hmm. is someone again that I've championed as yeah. being someone who gets how to make a good locker room. And clearly, like you look at it, what the crux of his entire job has been has been creating a fostering environment where people can grow. You know, he had to take these young players and mold them and he's, he did that, but you have to wonder if it might just be Brett's time. Um, and I don't like saying that, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, we already had the rumors last year in the playoffs that his job was at stake pretty much in the Raptors series. It kind of got reeled back because it was leaked. Um, Which again, the front office. Yeah, great. Love that. Love Thanks, that before a decisive game. <laughs> like this team's like first real soiree into being championship contenders, and and the rumors are about our, our coach getting fired. Um, I just I I don't know how Brett survives his offseason and. I don't know that I that there's really any big argument to keep him anymore either. No. And but the thing is, is I would say kind of similar to the Philly situation where you know you lose Gabe Kapler is was was he the sole problem with the Phillies? Right. Time will tell, of course, if Joe Girardi makes that big of a difference and if all the problems have been solved. I don't think they will because you still have guys in the front office making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still very much the case with the Sixers that you have. I just don't think Elton Brand has. I saw someone defend Elton Brand and say that his trades have been great. He's been a dog shit trader. Yeah, <laughs> outside of he is over. He's Matt Glentak. NBA version. He just yeah. overpays for everything. Outside of the most recent trade this year, which I think overall, you know, was was decent for yeah. the guys you got back. That was a that was every NBA GM should be able to make that yes. trade. Like <laughs> you can make that trade hey, on tanking 2K. team. Take these two second rounders for your expiring contracts. Sure. Okay. Like that's a, that's a easy. You plug that into two K. Especially 2K. the Golden State Warriors who love second round yes. picks. Yes. Like that, that they is, make a living that is off their of that wheelhouse. Like let's let's put to bed the notion here that Elton Brand has done some amazing job. He's overpaid for Al Horford. He traded for Jimmy Butler and was able to convince him to stay. He overpaid to to trade for Tobias and then doubly overpaid for his contract. Um, I, let's let's not sing any praises of Elton Brand. He telegraphed the Matisse Thybul draft so much that Boston was able to screw us out of Again. more picks. Like. Come on, man. Elton Brand has not been good in any sense of the word. I, I think the only thing I can say is he's good in front of reporters, and that's because he was a, a player for 20 years. Like, let's 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 relax on the Elton Brand as some uh, great GM. And I, I can't believe I'm seeing people defend him because he deserves no defense. Not at all. Like, um, no one within the Sixers front office deserves any defense, actually. Um, and Brett deserves blame. I think the players deserve blame. I think the only players you can't blame are Ben and Joel and, to a lesser degree, Tobias. Because Tobias didn't sign that contract. Um, he Well, he didn't offer that contract to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Tobias has been a, a great professional so far this year. He's clearly mentoring Thibel very well. And, uh, you know, that's that's obviously important. And I think he's he's played okay. Like, he, he has been no, by no means stellar. He certainly hasn't lived up to the contract. But... I don't think, you know, when we get to the blame game <laughs> about this team, you know, in the offseason, for me, Tobias is not going to be, you know, one of the worst defenders. No. You know, and, and you just look at the way that this season is heading. Like, sure, they beat the Knicks. Great. Like, you were at home, like we said. Like, we kind of expected you were, that. You were missing Ben and Joel. Yeah. You know, that's not it. It's commendable, at the very least. 
But the the latest team was kind of poised, even just a week ago, with how teams were losing. You know, you had a real shot to to get to that three seed, and now the Celtics seem to have that locked up, and it's going to be a fight for the four seed. You know, depending on what Miami, uh, you know, ends up doing down the stretch, and they have not been great. You know, since the trade deadline. Um, but it seems like you're going to be locked into that middle portion of the playoffs, and that's exactly what this whole you know process was supposed to avoid. You were supposed to be in that upper echelon, and quite frankly, this team just has not performed this year to that standard for whatever reason that may be, and it's it's just a huge disappointment from what this team is capable of doing. I mean, and you think too, this team is in a very similar situation that they've been the last two years. There hasn't been the kind of leap taken forward this year. In fact, they might even have less wins than they did last year or the year prior. You know, that, that gets a real possibility. Um, you know, and yeah, to, to be in a battle for the, the fourth seed is uh, not really what you're exp- Now, the East is a little better than it's been mm-hmm. in, in previous years. Um, you think the Sixers are on pace for pretty much their exact wins last year, which was good enough for the two seed this year you know, not going to be the case. And that's because, you know, other teams have stepped up. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I just think this, this team is, um, I, I don't know what the fix is right now. <laughs> and I, you're, you're hoping so much goes their way, but I, um, they, they've really fallen off. And, and now again, without Ben for at least two weeks, uh, without Joel for, again, we don't really know. At least extent, a week. We don't know a real timetable with him. I don't expect them to, any, to win any. You wouldn't expect them to win any of these road games with Ben and Joel. Definitely don't now. I mean, and that's even including the Warriors in there. Yeah, I, it's just it's disappointing when you consider where where we were thinking we could be at in the off season. Um, you know how last season ended. It was obviously it sucked mm-hmm. losing that way, but it felt like okay. Well, this is like next year this team can really take another leap and you know it's it's going to be another year of stagnation and you know you bring up the process too the the process was about being a championship right. contender and right now the Sixers aren't a championship contender um they've really fallen out of that race and it's through really through no fault of their own too mm-hmm. like it's not like they've you know you've seen like great young teams with big what ifs about like their injuries and stuff the, the Sixers are not one of those teams this is a team that just screwed up on an organizational level they rushed everything yeah. you know it was like the the league forced hinky out and brian colangelo came in and and say what you want but you look at some of the moves brian colangelo made and yes he was an absolute idiot for the burner gate and everything like that but overall he made better gm you know roster moves to some extent than elton brand has and that's because he's a little more experienced mm-hmm. too and you know, I mean, Brian Colangelo did win uh, Executive of the Year once. That's true. <laughs> um, Good God. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know where this team goes. That you know, I've, I've made my peace with the fact that uh, a second round exit this year would actually be like all a right. success. <laughs> um, let's see what happens. Right, we get to the playoffs. I still do believe some part of me in this team because defensively, especially when everyone's back, this team can give anyone headaches in the East, and. Anything can happen Including in the Including the fan base. Yeah. <laughs> uh, migraines, more like it. Um, epileptic seizures. You know how they put those, like, flash warnings in front of, like, music videos and stuff? <laughs> or, like, horror movies, maybe? Like, 
Uh, yeah. That's like if you watch this team on the road, just take like if you are on some kind of heart medication, uh, if you have troubles with heartburn, migraines, just take whatever Seizures. pill you need because uh, it is is medically emer- is a medical emergency inducing time yeah. watching this team on the road. But who knows? Maybe they get to the playoffs and and surprise us. But I think we've seen so much of the Sixers team now that I'm not holding I, my breath. A, a surprise would be that they make it to like a. I would be genuinely shocked if this team is in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. I really would because I just I, I think we are the fifth best team. Yeah, you know, like I, there's I, no doubt about I, it. I think we really are the the fifth best team right now in the East. I like, and it sucks to say that because I I thought that coming into this year the Bucks would be you know far ahead mm-hmm. than they were. I thought we'd be in the mix with everyone like Toronto, Boston. I thought Miami could sneak in. I thought Indiana would be good again. Like I thought we'd kind of be leading that pack, and we're we're right well behind. Um, so it sucks. It's, it just sucks right you now. You know what doesn't suck, though, Matt? The Flyers. Wow. What a turnaround. What a breath of fresh air the orange and black have been. Uh, they beat the Rangers yesterday, 5-2. to two, And then the Ducks did the thing. They beat the Penguins, the flightless birds. And the Flyers are currently in second place in the Met. Second place Flyers. Uh, as of today being Saturday, three points behind the Washington Capitals. And you have for a, first place. You have a game coming up against the old uh, D.C. boys, which you can make up some real ground on. It is so exciting watching this team. You know, you said it at the top of the show. I'd rather invest my time watching the Flyers because of how they're playing than watching the Sixers right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have... Okay, here's your options. Uh, team with some young stars that are scoring tons of goals and are very exciting. Having uh, fun. Have swagger. <laughs> Uh, or team that has no scoring capability whatsoever. It's two main stars are injured, and you hate everyone else on the team. <laughs> Choose your fighter. <laughs> it's really a no-brainer decision right now. Who I'd rather if yeah. if if there was if they were both playing today at say like one o'clock. Oh, yeah. I would be watching the Flyers. Easily. <laughs> and it's the entire to, game. I'm not even flipping back and it's forth. It's very likely to be especially since the Sixers would probably be on the road. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no chance. I'm I'm not watching another Sixers road game. I'm not putting no. myself through that. Um yeah, I mean it's crazy. You know, the Flyers are great at home, but can also play decently on the road, yeah. too. It's weird what Go happens figure. where you know, yes, you're obviously better at home, every team is, but you know, you're Still, like, pretty decent on the road. It's weird what kind of position you can put yourself in in your conference or in your division if you're just, you know, a 500 team on the road, let's say. (laughs) If you carry over some of those performances when you leave the Philadelphia area, it's just, um, it's crazy because I I think I'd always, in the back of my mind, put the Flyers on the back burner uh, because I felt like they were kind of spinning in circles. And that maybe they should have started tanking, and they've proven me wrong this year. And that they're they're one of the best teams in hockey, one of the hottest teams right now. And and I think the the Rangers game is kind of a nice, you know, whole picture of what this Flyers mm-hmm. experience has been this year. You had like some of the old guard obviously having great games, like Drew with two goals, you had Voracek with four assists, and then you have you know some of your young stars obviously playing well, like Carter Hart, another fantastic performance at home. Like you have like a genuine. Like, you have a good story here. Not just a good team, but you have a good story where you finally have young players coming up like Konechny who, like, 
we've heard for so long with the Flyers. They have all these great prospects. We haven't seen them. Now we're seeing them. Him, Provorov. Like, and, we've seen Faraby come up this year. We've seen Morgan good. Frost. Like, it's it's fun to watch them. And, you know, I heard James Seltzer, friend of the show, make a great point uh, this week. You know, typically you don't say coaches mean that much and, and change that much. You know, a win here or there. And we fully expect Joe Girardi to be the kind of guy that does a little bit more. But AV has done a lot for this team in my book. And speaking of Joe Girardi, what what a story. That would be two ex-New York coaches coming to Philly Hey-o. and winning, uh, <laughs> winning championships. That'd be great. Um, it's weird because, you know, like um, my brother's obviously a huge Flyers fan. Like as, the president as, of our Flyers yes, committee. He's he's very deep into the Flyers, and I'm very deep into the Sixers, and we like have had constant conversations in the last few years about you know, who's more likely to win a championship mm-hmm. first and all this. And his claim has always been the Flyers simply because hockey is a dumb sport and anyone can win in given, any given year. And I've, of course, have always said the Sixers because they're building a nice young team and, you know, they, they, they can make this happen. I truly believe that. Um, the Flyers can not only win a cup before a championship before the Sixers, not just because hockey is dumb, because Flyers might actually just be a better team right yeah. now than the Sixers. And, you know, for all the, the crap that we've given the Flyers front office, um, it turns out maybe just being a little patient like they've been with uh, some of their prospects has actually turned out well. And, and you know, maybe Kevin Hayes wasn't a terrible signing. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just, it's it's uh, it's a weird place right now. And like I said, it's a, a total 180 to where my thoughts and feelings were, you know, this fall. You know, even even in like December, I was, I was still not much of a believer in the Flyers. I don't think a lot of people were, to mm-hmm. be fair. But I am a ha- like hitching myself hardcore with steel rope to the bandwagon here because, again, it, for me, uh, sports are like a nice like escape from just like regular life. Mm-hmm. Like it's very fun to just tune in, like watch your team play. Um, and the Sixers have not been fun to watch. No. Whereas the Flyers have, so it's uh, it's. It's a no-brainer deal for me right now to just uh, hitch on to the, the Flyers bandwagon. They get the Rangers tomorrow in New York for the back half of the home-and-home, home, and then, like you said, that big matchup Wednesday night against the Capitals. You know, say the Flyers go out, beat the Rangers tomorrow, get two more points. That Capitals game could be for first place in the division. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> to think about that, like, from where we were, yes, we had optimistic October as a nice little bit and everything, but to... Think about, you know, on March 4th, the Flyers could be playing for first place in the division in a loaded division. You know, it's just like with the Sixers. The the Met is very, very good this year. It's like its own, you know, league pretty much with the way that the teams have been playing. You look, Capitals, Penguins, Islanders, Flyers, the Blue Jackets have made noise this season, the Hurricanes. You know, pretty much every team outside of, uh, you know, the Rangers and Devils, for the most part. Which, by the way, as the bottom of your division teams are still good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, as far as, like, the, the, the end spectrum of your division, like, they're still good teams. <laughs> like, the Flyers have said, hey, you know, people want to doubt us, let's go put the league on notice. And they are easily the most exciting team in the entire NHL right now. Yeah. And, you know, they have, again, they, they've, like... Not only some of these you know stars that we've like you know had for a long time here and, and we have that deep connection with, but they have these young players too that you've really started to attach yourself to and, and really started to love. Like Carter Hart was obviously mm-hmm. like a very 
uh, like hyped prospect, um, you know, and everyone was excited to see him last year, and, and now he's kind of grown into his role as a, as a starter. And you talk about home performances and being dominant. Carter Hart is like the most dominant, like Philly, like home mm-hmm. athlete that we have right now. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's an exciting time for the Flyers, and that's great because at least uh, at least we'll have one team to watch deep into May this year, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then after that Capitals game, like they come home for three straight games, which we know how the Flyers played at home. Fantastic. Uh, they play the Hurricanes, the Sabres, and the Bruins. Three straight at home before they go down to Tampa to play the Lightning. And then they get three more at home in the month of March against the Wild, the Oilers, and the Blues. Should be you know able to handle most of those, if not all. And then you go on a, a mini two-game road trip against the Stars and Predators on a back-to-back. And then the Islanders come into Philly. And then you go on the road against the Red Wings and Devils. And then you end the month of March at home against the Penguins. Another big match, which could be a playoff preview too, yes. just based on, on where those two teams are at. And I mean, what a what a return to kind of, not just the playoffs, but like being a contender in the playoffs and playing the Penguins in the first round. Um, reminiscent of like the early you know 2010s where, where that was a very fun playoff series that we had there. But I am... Uh, Man, it, like it's just what more can you I'm say? I'm flyered like, up. Yeah, we are flyered up. It's exciting. They've and they've given us a reason to be excited. Right. You know, like they, they haven't the last few years. Like, like, let's just be frank about it. I know we're all excited about them now, but mm-hmm. Flyers have not They're, given a lot of reason for right. optimism. <laughs> and this year, they finally are. <laughs> like they are legit, and it's it's fun to finally see them kind of come full force and and really click on all levels from top to bottom. And I think, you know. Coaching had a big part in it. You know, Dave Haxall was a wet paper towel. And, you know, sure, you had Scott Gordon come in last year, but he is an AHL coach, in my opinion. He's a guy that is good at developing players. You needed a guy who was experienced, who knows how to win. And there were a lot of people skeptical about AV because he did come from the Rangers. You know, what was he going to do here? How is he going to attack this? But he has literally helped form this organization into what it is right now in just one season and that's exciting for not only now but for the future of his tenure here as the Flyers head coach because if he can continue to get the most out of these guys this will be your perennial Flyers performances in my opinion if all things you know health and all that stay intact AV is a damn good coach and he should be up for coach of the year in my opinion I mean and you also consider too just the future of this team you know, the, yes, there's obviously some some veterans here, but you're, you're talking about a, a growing core of young stars as well. And there's more prospects kind of down the pipeline that to, to be excited about with the Flyers. So it's not as if this is some flash in the pan, at least you certainly hope not. Like there's reason to believe that the Flyers could be good beyond this. And I think one of the, the jokes about the Flyers last few years is like, oh, they're two years away from being two years away, right? You know, because they, they have all these prospects and there's always a hype about them. But again, when you start to see those those prospects blossom and, and actually turn into legitimate NHL players and even all-stars like we've had mm-hmm. this year, that, that, you, that gives you a lot of hope that going forward, you know, some of these other guys can make similar types of improvements. And I mean, you know, player, uh, player development, as we've said millions of times, is not linear, right? It's not just you get drafted, you know, you start out rookie year, great, great. It's all going on one straight graph. You know, it can it can take some time for players to develop and, and really grow into the game. And sometimes they start out really strong, you know, decline, come back. Like, it, it can be anything. So 
you know, you hope with the Flyers you, you get more sustained success like this because it's fun, and the Flyers are fun, and the Flyers have, like, a very committed fan base, you know? Like, they, they've stuck with this team through a really tumultuous decade of, of you know, breaking up teams and a lot of mediocrity in there, like, not, you know, and, and they, they finally found the team now and some success, and, you know, it, we'll, we'll see where it goes in the playoffs, but hockey is dumb, and any team can win it, and there's no reason to believe it can't be the Flyers. And it's it's fun to watch because you've seen, like you said, that that group of veterans, whether they've been here the entire time or were here, left, and came back, like a guy like JVR. You add Kevin Hayes to the mix, who I think has been the catalyst for all of this. Um, Only have lost one game in which Kevin Hayes has scored this year. <laughs> it's science. Um, and then the the young group of of guys like TK. Provorov, you know, and and you've seen guys like we said, Faraby, Morgan Frost come up, Carter Hart being, you know, everything and then some that we kind of expected from him to be that goalie of the future and be that franchise, you know, brick wall in net for the Flyers. Um, and then you add these these pieces at the trade deadline and Chuck Fletcher realizing that this team uh, needed depth but didn't want to break up what they were, you know, kind of trying to achieve and not breaking up lines and everything. I I think overall from top to bottom, I've been very impressed with this Flyers team, whether it's on the ice, coaching, Chuck Fletcher has done, you know, a lot of good things. Sure, overpaid for some guys, but you kind of have to nowadays in any sport to get them here and you know, overpaying for Kevin Hayes might be one of the best moves the Flyers have done because he's helped change the culture of this team um, and have made them extremely fun. Yes, we are. We are all in on the Flyers now. <laughs> <laughs> this is officially a Flyers podcast. It really is. Um, but I mean, you know, this this stretch run that they have, you know, in the month of March and the three games in April, I, I'm very excited to see what they're going to be able to do and where they're going to end up in the division and, you know, Playoff hockey is more than likely going to be back, which is super exciting because even when it was around, it was, you know, kind of expecting that one and done and not expecting a a deep run for the Flyers. And now that they're playing the way they are and hitting their stride at this point in the season, I think is also important. It's not one of those, oh, early season 10 game winning streaks that we've seen before Um, for them to hit their stride. I think right now when that stretch run, you know, towards the end of the season hits, I think is also a, a big key to uh, hopefully long-term playoff success uh, this season. As DJ Khaled would say, a major key. <laughs> When's the last time you heard that one? Oh, that's a good one. Um, before we move on to the Phillies, make sure you guys, uh, you know, I know the Sixers have been painful, but if you want to have some fun with the Sixers, March 21st, the Mike Scott Hive tailgate is going down helping celebrate Sixers Adams' birthday, Deer Park. Shout out to them. Uh, They're going to be keeping us hydrated throughout the entire tailgate and uh, just come have some fun with some great people. The link to RSVP is on the Mike Scott Hive uh, Twitter page, which is at Mike Scott underscore Hive. It's going to be a blast. We're a big part of this tailgate going down, so make sure you guys are there. would love to see anybody who listens to our show out there to uh, hang out and just have a good time with a bunch of people that are Sick in the head that love watching this Sixers team. Um, But Matt, yesterday, the one-year anniversary of when the Phillies kind of took that next step in the right direction that we hope, and uh, our podcast changing a little bit for the better. Bryce Harper signed with the Phillies one year ago yesterday. Um, 
kind of an earth-shattering sports move. Signed the richest contract at that point. Um, and Bryce has just been as advertised and then some. Our beautiful boy. And, uh, yeah, a, a, definitely a, a, like a, a franchise kind of altering move because the Phillies had been in the year previous just kind of this, like, young, upstarty team. Uh, need that, you know, actual, like, player quality. And uh, they were in the race for, for Bryce and Manny last offseason. And to get at least one of them, pretty sick. And um, definitely a day, like, I'll, I'll remember for a very long time because it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, free agent signing uh, of my lifetime, you know, in, in terms of Philly sports. And Philly doesn't get a lot of big-name free agents. It's I mean, most cities don't. It's very hard yeah. to attract big names and um, – you know, especially considering all the, all the extra that has to go into that, all the other variables of having cap space and then being on the market at the right time and whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's a, a very uh, very impactful player in, in Philly sports. Philly's posted on Instagram yesterday, you know, happy one-year anniversary at Bryce Harper with some uh, videos from their spring training game yesterday and some pictures. Bryce commented back, best decision I've ever made, 100 emoji, parentheses, besides my wife and crew. I was going to say, Kale Harper reading this. <laughs> <laughs> you understand, hashtag family with a PH. And then the Phillies responded, we get it. We're plenty happy with being your third best decision. Fair. Hey, you know, to be a third best decision in someone's life, is, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. people make, think of how many choices you make. I mean, to be the third best, it's pretty damn good. And we talk about, you know, Bryce quote-unquote pandering to to the Phillies fan base and everything but I, I genuinely think like he he truly means that this was like the best you know career decision that he's ever made yeah I think too you know he wanted to be in a, in a place where I think family's important to him and I think uh, he saw an opportunity to to you know settle down in Philly and and you know you, you forget that these guys are obviously people and they have you know lives outside of uh, playing whatever game they're playing and um, he saw this as a great place to start and and raise a family which is you know really important to, to all of this so that's obviously uh, very good and yeah we we love us so Bryce and yeah he he does pander to to Philly quite a bit but he also knows that we eat it. Like, right. We love that. We so, love it. Like, like, put it in our veins. You know, like, yeah, like, it, it It can be a little much sometimes, but at the same time, like, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so. Because not many athletes do that either. Yeah. And it's great. But um, I don't know if you saw this article yesterday on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, Bryce got a visitor yesterday at uh, spring training, and it was a familiar face to the Phillies and to Bryce. Jason Worth came through to spring training. Um, you know, obviously Jason Worth was part of the Phillies World Series team in 2008 and then was teammates with Bryce Harper up until he retired uh, two seasons ago. But Jason Worth had some pretty interesting comments about, you know, Bryce signing here. And he said, I always thought this would be a possible destination for him, even way back when, for a bunch of reasons. Kind of where the team was, the money was right, the owner was right, the town is right. But more than anything else, Citizens Bank Park is just an awesome place to hit. We always talked about that, and uh, he also said, I don't want people to think I was pushing him there. As players, you just always have those conversations. We talked about every stadium while we were stretching in the outfield, while we were on airplanes. I couldn't even figure out how many hours I spent talking to this kid, so stuff like that comes up. Um, you know, for, for Jason Worth to kind of just know that Bryce Harper would work here, even back then when they were just playing for a division rival and everything like that, I think that's pretty cool to know that Jason Worth, like, 
knew Bryce would find success. Is this, is this part of the Jason Worth uh, like transformation uh, transformation tour here? The Animorph the, uh, <laughs> image reclamation tour. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely buy a lot of that too because you know, again, these these dudes live together for like months on end and travel together, and they have tons of free time, and they have nothing but time to to talk. And um, obviously, now you know they people are able to kind of seclude themselves a little easier with you know. Their, their phones or tablets whatever they bring along and um you know but yeah i mean the players you certainly can't question the bonds that these guys make just due to the fact that they spend an ungodly amount of time together i mean they're separated for a few months at best um, and even then you know they're doing off-season workouts together and i'm sure a lot of them have the same uh agents and a lot of them have the same you know uh physical trainers that they work with same gyms that they go, go to you know they, they all see each other so um yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they were having those kind of conversations. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jason Worth would also be the guy to talk to. Right, talking about uh, you know the difference between the Nationals and the Phillies. <laughs> so and Jason Worth said, you know, I signed in Washington when nobody wanted anything to do with that place. Still kind of true, I'd say. <laughs> uh, you know, Harper was a first round pick when they were coming off 100 lost seasons. Me, Bryce, Ian Desmond, Ryan Zimmerman, and a bunch of. Uh, other guys in 2011 and 2012 kind of turned that franchise around and the fruits of that labor were ripe for the picking last year and Jason Worth attended all of the uh, World Series games in DC to watch the Nationals um, but he also said you know uh, Bryce that's something he wants you know he wants to win a World Series and he said he wants to win he's got everything there's really not much on the list for him except that He's the type of kid that grew up wanting to be a Hall of Famer. Most kids grew up wanting to be big leaguers. He grew up wanting to be a Hall of Famer. The ring, winning a championship, the parade, all that stuff comes with it. That's not a stretch for me to think those are things he wants. And Bryce talked about that, even though he slipped up and said he wanted to bring a championship back to D.C. last year. Um, you know, I, I fully know Bryce Harper signed here and, and committed here outside of, you know, wanting that stabilization for his family and everything. He wants to win a, a World Series more than, I think, any player uh, not named Mike Trout. And even then, I think Bryce wants it that much more because just of the type of swagger and confidence he you know portrays on the field and, and has at every at-bat, Bryce wants to win. And, and I love that he is part of this, this Phillies organization because of that. And I mean, also, too, like he was exalted from such a young age uh, about being like the future of baseball. So I'm sure... In that regard, it might even be a little chip on his shoulder in that he feels the need to kind of uh, fulfill that mm -hmm. that destiny and that, that image. And, I mean, he's done more than, like, 99% of baseball players will ever do, right? Like, he's already such a great player. And, um, to, I mean, to even make, like, the major leagues is such a difficult thing to do um, and to be an impactful player like he is. So, yeah, I'm sure it would be a, a lifelong fulfillment for him to, to win a, a World Series. But, um, I mean... So reason to believe that it can't happen yep. in the, the next few years, and he has uh, what now 12, 12 years to to, to try <laughs> twelve more tries, um, and you have to believe that you know the Phillies can be a competitive enough team that it becomes a real possibility, if not already this year, which yep. is why this this season is is pretty exciting. The unfortunate thing to start this season, though, uh, getting back on the field, is that Joe Girardi uh, said yesterday that Andrew McCutcheon will not be ready for opening day. 
Um, still recovering from his uh, ACL injury from last season, but uh, he fully expects Andrew McCutcheon to be back sometime in April, which is a good sign. Still early enough in the season where you're not missing too much of McCutcheon, but that first uh, series against the Marlins won't be with Andrew McCutcheon leading off for the Phillies. Um, we'll see when he gets back, but it is unfortunate that Kutch won't be back to uh, start the season. Yeah, and you know I think there was lots of questions about his actual like timetable, um, just because you know an ACL injury. I know we've be, we've grown accustomed to them being like five six month recoveries, but you know it's a it's an injury you want to take your time with, especially he's at an age where. Um, your recovery might be a little more difficult and you might have to be a little more precise in what you're doing. Um, and I'd prefer that the, the Phillies are slower with this rather than rush him back and he gets re-injured because we saw how important he was to the team last year. Um, fortunately, we found that out when he was injured. So hopefully uh, this year able to maintain that health a little better. And if it means, you know, even waiting till almost May to see him, uh, I, I think you just swallow that pill. And, and you hope too that, you know, you've made enough improvements, you know, to, to the lineup that, you know, you won't miss him as much, but uh, certainly we'll also be counting on the day so we'll see McCutcheon again. Yeah, I got to find this tweet uh, that I saw. Because Andrew McCutcheon won't be playing um, on opening day, the Phillies will have yet another different starting left fielder uh, to start this season. And the list of names is actually quite strange. You know, it dates back, I believe, all the way to 2011, um, if I can find the image that had it. But, you know... Names on that list, Reese Hoskins started in left field in 2018, Raul Abanez, 2011, uh, John Mayberry Jr. was on that list. Here we go. Uh, so your Phillies, for the 10th straight opening day, will have a different Dominic starting Brown. left fielder. I have still a Phillies cup with <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Brown on it, if anyone wants it. <laughs> so we've got Raul Abanez, who started uh, in 2011, John Mayberry Jr. in 2012, Dominic Brown in 2013, Tony Gwynn uh, Jr. in 2014, Ben Revere in 2015, Cedric Hunter, who probably nobody listening to this podcast remembers except for me because I was championing Cedric Hunter during the Phillies rebuild as somebody who could be a piece for this team. God, was I wrong. 2017, Howie Kendrick. 2018, Reese Hoskins. 2019, Andrew McCutcheon. And 2020 will be somebody else. Talk about added cursed to that position list. here, Jesus. <laughs> Ever since Pat Burrell left, <laughs> I've mentioned before that I have an irrational hatred of Pat Burrell. <laughs> Can't, I can never really fully explain it, but uh, as a kid, I hated Pat Burrell. <laughs> Don't know why. I'm just I'm intrigued by who is going to be that left. My my gut tells me it's going to be Jay Bruce because. Uh, Kingery and then Alec Bohm gets a surprise start. <laughs> oh, we're talking about realistic or fantasy here. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you look at the outfielders on the Phillies depth chart right now. You got Jay Bruce, uh, who would be my guest to get the start in left field. Played some left field last year for the Phillies uh, when he was acquired. Nick Williams is an option, believe it or not. Um, you know, you've got Kyle Garlick, who they acquired, you know, this spring from the Dodgers, who plays right field, but you could end up seeing him there. Uh, Roman Phillies Quinn. love inverting player <laughs> positions, so. Roman Quinn, uh, I think, could also be a possibility. And, you know, you've got some of these guys that were like non-roster invitees that could potentially crack the roster if, if they play well enough throughout the rest of the spring. But my my 
money is on Jay Bruce is going to be your starting left fielder in 2020. Which is fine. He's a suitable yeah. replacement and, uh, you know. Knows when, how to rake. When he filled in last year, I think we were all um, well aboard the Bruce train. Cool off. Of course it was going to. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not, he was not hitting sustainably. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, for, for the time being, right, It's uh, you could certainly do worse. That's for sure. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, you know, I'm just excited the Phillies baseball is back. Yeah, but yeah, like hell it, yeah, it, it's kind of one of those things that just like gets you. It, it's it's like one of those just signs of like the weather getting nice too. Like you know, you can look forward to like uh, you know longer days. You know, it's not getting dark at five o'clock anymore. Like you know, you, you get to enjoy like going to the ballpark again and not freezing. You know, the first few games, obviously, especially night games, can get cold, mm-hmm. but. You know, you get back to hot dogs, you get back to hitting up Rita's after work, like all the nice things about spring and then eventual summer, which is, I miss warmth. I'm like a cat, dude. I've been like (laughs) opening my windows so I could get some sunlight just so I can like bask in it. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, Last bit of of topic we've got today, opening day for the union. Yes. MLS, big day. It's back. It's back. Um, With a vengeance. How do do you see the union playing out this year Matt I know we were talking last week um you think they might take a bit of a step back lost some key pieces but uh overall your your expectations for the union this year yeah I mean I think there'll still be a playoff team which is important to the union because last year was their first ever playoff win so if you could expand on that in any way uh, that'd be great what was what's interesting about the union is that they had a, a pretty strong second half of the season um which leads you to believe that they could continue hopefully that form in, into this year but the great thing about the MLS is that you know there's obviously you know two or three really elite teams but there's quite a bit of parity which is why it's so exciting and um you know the the, the union can absolutely make that step up and I, I think again this time last year no one expected them to be one of the better teams in the east uh, at the finishing stage of the season and a lot of team, people didn't even think they'd be making the playoffs last year so you know obviously um they signed Montero like permanently he was one of their best players last year so having him back you have Brendan Aronson like a, a really young stud uh that you're hoping now can really blossom like he's someone that even the U.S. national team is, is going to be looking at in terms of like his development this season so there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about the union. It's just with that parody that we talk about and that we love also comes the fact that, you know, you could be <laughs> lower on the totem pole than you'd like to be. But there's there's lots to be uh, excited about uh, w- with the union this year and the MLS in general. I mean, you're getting uh, some new teams this year, which is which is great. You know, in, the Inter-Miami project is finally coming to fruition. Um and yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, there's lots to be hoped for, and, and you know, we mentioned that you know you're going to be able to watch if you're in the Philly area the the broadcasts. Um, I don't know if they've announced yet what like uh, streaming service mm-hmm. you're using. I'm assuming YouTube, um, which would be even better. Um, but we don't know exactly where what site you're right. using specifically or what streaming service yet. Uh, but you're going to be able to watch those games for free, which is great because that's been a huge hurdle, not just with the union, but a lot of Philly mm-hmm. sports, especially as people move away from you know. Uh, cable packages and such so that's going to be great and that's what the MLS needs some other teams are following in suit with doing very similar things so hopefully another year of, of successful union soccer It'd be great to get a trophy this year but I think you're just looking at expanding on some of this stuff and you know and, and uh, another year of improving and just sustainability for the whole entire league too not even just mm-hmm. the union and for the most part the union are a young team like they can grow together and, and make something special out of this roster because of just how young they are for you know the the 
bigger portion of the roster. Yeah, there, and that's that's why you can be optimistic about this team. And it's you know slightly similar, I guess, to the Flyers in that they they have some some young guys that that you could definitely be. Aronson is again, I, I can't bang the drum enough for him. And and what an exciting Medford, New Jersey guy. What a exciting young player is, especially yeah, he's homegrown, which is you know obviously always an added uh, aspect to any love of a player. And you know Philly, I think, loves homegrown athletes. Um, but again, he's he's at such a young age, and he played such a big role, you know, in like the last stretch of the year last year, and was kind of building in confidence. So I'm very excited to see how he gets on this year. He's going to be, I think, trusted with a bigger role. Um, and I mean, again, you know, he's someone that you can be looking forward to for for the U.S. national team, maybe even the the, the Olympic team this year. Uh, he could make that cut because remember the Olympic soccer team is U23. Um, so maybe he makes that if he has a really successful campaign. Who knows? Uh, sky's the limit for him, though. I'm I'm very excited to see him this year. You know, Bedoya is like one of my favorite players. Casper's uh, back. Yeah, they they re-sign him now, and and hopefully he stays healthy this year. Like. Plenty of reason to believe. You got a new uh, stadium name, like <laughs> that's exciting. I guess <laughs> it's just a they, they just throw uh, darts at a dartboard every two years to see who's going to sponsor <laughs> the the new Union Stadium. I miss what it was PPL Park. I think that's such a great name mm-hmm. for a stadium, but I guess Subaru Park is okay. Yeah. It's livable. There's there's worse. There's it could worse be stadiums. Worse. Um, but I'm excited. I, I'm gonna take a deep dive into the, the union this year, and uh, hopefully they, you know, continue to grow and develop. I was at the stadium uh, in September, not for a union game, but covering the Premier Lacrosse League Championship game. The stadium is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's a, a great place to watch. It's a very unique venue too. It's yeah, right underneath the the Commodore Barry Bridge, which is very cool. You get. Uh, this is an old hashtag, some scorn. You get some absolute sky porn uh, pictures because yes. the, the way the sun sets like over the, the river as well is very cool. It's definitely a very beautiful place and um, super yeah. open. Like. Yeah, very open. Like it's it's great during like obviously like warmer weather. Mm-hmm. It's a little crappy when it's cold because you get that <laughs> you get that wind in there, which that is that water. Part. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful place to just like spend an afternoon too. Like it's it's a blast. Yeah, so I'm super excited. Uh, we'll see how they perform today, and we'll be talking about the Union a ton this season on the show. So if you're a Union fan, uh, get on board, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But I think that's all we got for you guys today. If you're watching live and you have the opportunity to, today's the last day of uh, Buna Regional High School's production of uh, Hairspray. It has been an absolute dynamite show. Um very fortunate to be a part of it as their uh, photographer for their drama department in Buna. If you have the opportunity tonight, 7.30 p.m., it's $12 at the door. Um, well worth the price of admission. Go support the arts. It's a super important thing to me and a lot of people involved with Underground Sports Philadelphia and just, you know, across the board, you should be supporting the arts. You know, they, uh, they do a lot for your local communities and um, these kids put in a ton of work, so... Make sure you go see it if you have the chance to, 7.30 p.m. tonight, their final show. Um, Check out our Design Tree storefront, dsgntree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get that Bryce Harper headband shirt. We might have to do something social media-wise, pushing that shirt a little bit more, and uh, maybe we'll have something involved with it. But uh, use the promo code SPRING20 for 20% off your entire order uh, on our Design Tree storefront. And... uh, as always, guys, show brought to you by our friends at Maine Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Burton Hart Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center. 
of Vineland. Make sure you uh, no, keep finish, oh, finish just the sponsor. Follow us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Underground PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBI. ZZL311. Today is also the Marathon Olympic Trials. Was catching a little bit before we came down here to record. A lot of runners from the Philadelphia Running Track Club in there. So maybe maybe we see mm-hmm. some Philly athletes in uh, the Olympics. Hopefully the Olympics go on this summer. Yes. <laughs> Obviously with all the, the coronavirus clean worries. Clean your hands uh, and clean your, yeah, your faces. Yeah, make sure you wash your hands thoroughly and thoroughly. Uh, so hopefully the Olympics go on and hopefully we could see a Philly athlete there. It's That'd a bit awesome. of a long shot, um, but who knows, right? That'd be very, right. very cool. Um, and then make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know, you know, your your thoughts of year one of Bryce. Obviously, Bryce got us on the the Apple Podcast charts last year, which was absolutely stupid. We were actually on the Australia Apple Podcast charts uh, this week. Shout out Ben Simmons, I guess. Australia, uh, pretty cool to see that go down. Um, you know, let us know your thoughts on the Flyers and how they've been rolling. Uh, yell at the Sixers if you want. Whatever comes to mind, just five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And uh, if you don't have an iPhone, check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, radio.com, wherever you get your podcast. We are there. And uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, hopefully talking about some more Flyers wins, previewing that big matchup against the Capitals. Uh, who knows what the hell is going to go on with the Sixers. And uh, just some more spring training updates uh, for the Phillies and maybe some combine news for the Eagles. But uh, with that, this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 215. For Matt, we are signing off. Peace. Our